Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm Veronica Grant, your host and a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. You with me? Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to episode number 96 of the Love Life Connection podcast. I can't believe the holidays are almost officially upon us. And if you're like a lot of women in this community, the holidays can be a little bit tricky. So on the one hand, yay for hot cocoa, getting cozy and reading a book on the couch, turkey, the Macy's Day Parade. Okay, maybe I'm just listing all of my favorite things to do, but you get the point. On the other hand, I know it can be incredibly hard and a challenging time of year. Maybe the relationship you have with your family is strained, maybe it brings up your stuff, or you've been working really hard to let go and to forgive some of the past, but then suffer from what I call revertigo. Revertigo, by the way, is not sure if that's a real word. I heard it somewhere, but it basically means uh, acting like your child self when you're at your parents' home, even when you're an adult. So anyways, I know the holidays are definitely not what the commercials or the holiday movies portray. So I wanted to make a quick holiday conversational cheat sheet for you to help you cope with issues of boundaries or uncomfortable conversations, jealousy, and even wanting to see what your ex is up to. So in this worksheet, I walk you through how to manage jealousy you might experience seeing your younger sister with her husband, or how to answer annoying questions like, so are you seeing anyone? Or when are you going to bring someone home? I also walk you through a quick exercise to how to not reach out to your ex during the holidays. And it's a really good one. And you can grab it over at veronicagrant.com forward slash holiday. So yes, yay for the holidays. But I know that sometimes it can be tricky for many of the women in this community. So please, if that's you, check out the conversational cheat sheet over at veronicagrant.com forward slash holiday. 
Okay, on to today's episode. I am so excited about today's episode. I invited my friend Suzanne onto the show to talk about dealing with the hard stuff. So Suzanne Hine is a top spiritual blogger, mentor, and online course creator who helps smart, soulful people become who they're meant to be. She inspires crazy dreamers to shed ideas of what's normal, love themselves, and find their purpose so they can follow their hearts and live their destiny. So such an important conversation. And I think the reason why this conversation really hit home for me and why I really am excited about you listening to it is because I think sometimes we think that because enough time passes, things that happened in our childhood or in a previous relationship don't really matter anymore. And I want to share a quick story that I just thought was a really beautiful scene from the the TV show, This Is Us. If you've never seen the show, don't worry about it. You're going to still catch what I'm trying to say with this story. And if you have seen it, then, oh my gosh, can we talk about it? Because I love it. It's my favorite and Randall's the best. Okay. Anyways, aside from that, um, so there's this scene, I think it's an episode three of this season. So this is currently, if you're listening to this episode in real time, it's um, season two. And it's coming to light that Kevin hasn't really dealt with his dad's death. And by the way, I'm not giving anything away. Um, and after Kate talks about her dad to Sylvester Stallone and saying, oh, thank you for making my dad laugh. Um, Sylvester Stallone then goes to Kevin to offer his condolences about his dad. And this is the important part and the part that I want you to hear. Kevin shrugs it off and just says, oh, it was a long time ago. And what Sylvester Stallone says is like a mic drop. I replayed this part of the episode like at least five times. And what he says is, in my experience, Kevin, there is no such thing as a long time ago. There's only memories that mean something and memories that don't. So if you've been repressing something, this is such an important episode. If you've been thinking that, oh, this thing that happened in my childhood, it was 20, 30, 40 years ago, it doesn't matter anymore, or my divorce was 10 years ago, or that last relationship was this many years ago, it doesn't matter how long it was ago. If there are unexperienced emotions, unexpressed emotions, emotions you haven't dealt with, or pain you haven't really allowed yourself to feel, then it's going to be really, really hard for you to move forward in your life. You're going to feel like you're stuck. You're going to be stuck in bad and unhelpful and unhealthy patterns. So in this episode, we talk about, you know, going deep, feeling your feelings so that you can then begin to move forward. So as you're listening into this episode, I want you to consider these questions. Do you know how you feel about things? Or do you find yourself railing against people or things or situations? Do you find yourself blaming, venting, or complaining a lot? Do you have a dull feeling of anxiety or sadness that you've gotten used to as being normal? And do you have a habit of repressing how you feel? I want you to keep these questions in mind as you listen into my conversation with Suzanne. And just a reminder, if you're seeing your family this holiday season and it's stressing you out, then please make sure you download my holiday conversational cheat sheet at veronicagrant.com forward slash holiday. You're going to love it. All right, now let's jump into my conversation with Suzanne. Welcome to the show, Suzanne. I'm so excited that you're here with us today. Well, thank you for having me, Veronica. I'm so thrilled to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited about our topic, and I'm just excited to see where the conversation goes. I know it'll be so helpful for the audience. But before we get to all of that fun stuff, 
Can you just share a little bit about who you are and what you do in the world? Sure. So I'm a spirituality and personal development blogger and mentor and online course creator. And my big thing is really authenticity. So, you know, we all have so many expectations and ideas of how we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to do with our lives. And I help people strip all that away to become the person that they're really meant to be. Um, and that's just through self-love and through honoring your emotions, which I know we're going to talk about today. And then, you know, a lot of my work is also geared towards helping people connect to a sense of life purpose so that they can do the work that they were put here on earth to do. Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. I mean, it sounds amazing. I feel like I should have you back on the show to talk about purpose because I know that comes up a lot with um, with my community. And I know that's one of your big things. Um, I'm kind of curious. I always ask this to my guests, like, how did you get to be where you are? Like, is this part of your own personal journey? For sure. So what happened was I... You know, I went through a similar journey myself. So, you know, when I was younger, I always wanted to be a writer and to be a female Jack Kerouac, which if you're not familiar with Jack Kerouac, he's just like a stream of consciousness writer who just traveled a lot. And I just wanted to travel the world, do crazy stuff and write about it. And then I somehow along the way, there was just, you know, this one incident that I can kind of think back to. And I was just kind of closed that down. was like, it's time to be normal. And so I went and got a journalism job and did that for a few years, just working at small town newspapers. And then at 27, I got breast cancer. So I have a genetic mutation that predisposes me to breast cancer. Um, but I truly believe that, but cause not everybody who has the mutation gets cancer. It's like a high percentage, but of course it's not a hundred percent. And I truly believe that I got cancer a, because I was repressing my emotions. I had some earlier life trauma. My dad and sister died when I was younger. And then also this, this idea of just not being who I was. And, you know, I just remember the last journal entry before the diagnosis was I have lost my zest for life. And I had spent so much time trying to be somebody trying to be worthy of love. And I just completely sold my own soul short in the process. And so what followed was really just a long journey of reclamation, digging into the deeper parts of my soul. And then finally, like, ironically giving up the idea of purpose, which kind of created the way for me to like reinvent myself as a blogger and put myself online. It was just a very, it was a, it was a journey. Mm. I never really planned to get here. It was just like a process of like showing up every day and finally being like, well, how can I show up today? That is in a way that's true to who I am. Oh my gosh. I love that. One thing you said that really jumped out at me is, um, okay, it's time to be normal. Um, because I just, I mean, obviously in my community, we talk a lot about relationships and I think that kind of thought like comes up, well, I just need to be normal. I need to have a normal life or look normal or be normal, act normal or whatever it is in order to get love or be loved by a partner. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that. Like, how did you define what normal was? And then just talk a little bit about, you know, getting okay or comfortable with not being quote unquote normal anymore. 
Yeah, um, that's a really great question. And I love that you're asking that. I think it's something that so many people struggle with. And, you know, I think that when I was younger, I was really okay with just being because I've always been sort of eccentric and quirky, Mm -hmm. and just kind of, you know, hung out with more artistic people. And then, you know, as it happens for so many of us, as we get older, there's just so many. It's like, I just remember really graduating from college and all, I feel like up through then it, the world's like, follow your dreams, do follow your heart, do whatever you want to do. And then you graduate college and everyone's like, oh, okay. So now, you know, get a job. Now, how are you <laughs> pay the bills? And it's yeah. such a rude awakening. And then there's this part of you that's like, oh, well, I guess I am just a privileged brat for wanting to follow my dreams. And so we close down all these parts of ourselves, the richest parts of ourselves that could add so much to the world. And there's all these people who gave up on their own dreams now telling us, like projecting their crap on us and saying like, okay, you know, now it's time for you to be normal. And it's just a whole process of, you know, and and this is kind of where the whole emotions conversation comes in, because I think part of being normal is this, first of all, normal is fake. Normal does not exist. Like what is normal? We're all so unique and we are all shoving ourselves into these boxes of who we're supposed to be, but nobody's actually like that. We all have beautiful eccentricities that we're not allowing ourselves to show. And part of this box that doesn't really exist is this idea of like never ending happiness and that we're not allowed to feel emotion and God forbid we should make somebody else feel pain because of our own pain. And so we don't want to make other people feel uncomfortable. And so we close off parts of ourselves, including our emotions. And then over time, we just get more and more detached from ourselves until we don't even know who we are anymore. And a lot of times it takes this like some tragedy to wake us up, which is actually a wonderful thing. If you can begin to look at tragedy as like an utter blessing, your life will completely transform. Wow. I thought there was like five mic drops in there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. I I just, you know, I just think that's so important. Um, And and one thing that you said that stuck out also for me is, um, you know, we feel like spoiled brats if we don't want like whatever this normal thing is that we're supposed to be doing. And and then that kind of just feeds like this idea that we're not worthy or they're not good enough or we're not, you know, who am I to, you know, do this, make this other path in life that's not quote unquote normal. Um, and it can just bring up all sorts of nasty and uncomfortable emotions and self-talk and all that kind of all that kind of good stuff, or maybe not good stuff. Well, maybe it is good stuff to to help to, you know, process all that. So let's talk a little bit about that. Um, because what I really, you know, want to talk about with you today, and I know a way that you help your clients is just talking about emotions and tragedy and uncomfortable things. So let's start. Um, let's start there. So let's talk about how life's biggest trials and tragedies and bad things that happen to us, whether big or small, like how those can be um, opportunities for growth rather than an opportunity to blame or become the victim. Yeah. Gosh, what a good conversation. And it's such a big one. You know, I think that, so my whole thing is, you know, obviously emotions. And so we feel internal pain or whatever. So we have, we go through experiences and then we feel emotion related to the experience. So when we close ourselves off to the emotion, we're closing ourselves off to the experience. But when we open ourselves up to the emotion and like feel the those feelings, then 
um, we're also opening up to the situation and also opening up to the wisdom that the situation gives us. So a lot of people are like, how do I heal? How do I let go? How, 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 how? But it's really just about letting go of the how and trusting the intelligence of our body and our energetic wisdom that because our body, our energetic body processes emotions, which are energy in motion, like the stomach processes food. And you don't have to be like, well, how am I going to digest this meal that I just ate? So you don't have to worry about like, well, how am I going to digest this life experience? It's just really opening yourself up to the feeling, you know, and then of course doing other things like journaling or exercising or whatever, just to really move the energy. And as you open up and like that, that perspective shift of opening up to the situation requires you to like let go of the whole victim thing or let go of the why me and let go of all of those kind of mental roadblocks that stop you from feeling the emotion and therefore processing the life event and as you open up to that pain then you open up to the strength and the wisdom and I always like to say that because a lot of people are afraid that they're going to break or they feel like they have to be strong and so that they don't allow themselves to feel but I always like to say that it's really the strong people who allow themselves to break knowing that they have the strength to put themselves back together and a lot of people are afraid of wallowing but as long as you stay open to the experience and just let it move through you and don't get stuck you know just allow the feeling feel the feeling and then when it goes allow it to go and and that I feel like is really the the beginning of the process to finding the wisdom in in the in the pain so how do you know then if um you're feeling the feeling or if you're wallowing in it like what are what's the difference so um I really feel like the difference between healing and wallowing is um so you can tell one way is really like your self-talk like if you are if you're if your self-talk is like why me or if you're like not in a state of like not loving yourself and judging yourself for feeling the pain or if you're, and you might go, people, you know, we might go into this a little bit, like there's no like clear cut path through this, sure. but it's just, Walling has, I just feel like an energetic sense of like stuckness and self-pity, mm -hmm. whereas healing is really like kind of that inner war. You're like, okay, I'm going to feel this and it's going to hurt, but it's going to be okay. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Um, so, you know, I talk a lot about you know, when I'm working with my clients, and they're healing something from their past, kind of like, um, like the long term exercises, and then kind of like the real time things like what to do when you're actually getting triggered when you're in a situation or um, something like that. Um, like when you're out with the date or talking to your boyfriend or your ex or whatever it is. Um, but coming back to like more of the long term strategies, like to actually build this muscle of, of healing and maybe thinking a different way or seeing the world a different way. Um, you talk a lot about like opening yourself up to the feeling. So what are like, I mean, what are some tangible things that we can do to actually like open ourselves up? Like, what does that actually mean or look like? Yeah, that's a great question. And the, I love how you phrase that as building a muscle because that's really what it is. And so the way that I really teach people how to do this and the way that I've done it in my own life is by developing like meditation. So I have in my daily meditation, like if I need to, I turn it into what I call a daily feeling practice. And it's really just spending time every day, you know, preferably five or 10 minutes, but maybe longer if you can, but you know, start with as short amount of time as, as you 
as much as you can, but even if it's only one minute, start there, just start someplace because it's just about building that muscle. Mm -hmm. And then just literally sitting and feeling like just tuning into your inner emotional body. So a lot of people teach meditation as it focuses on the breath, but I always um, instruct people to just really tune into their heart center. Or a lot of people might have like knots in their belly. That's like another common place where emotional energy sort of collects and gets trapped. So just really tuning in and sitting with that energy and maybe even like breathing it in like it's a fine mist. And just so it's really that process of literally just instead of like judging it, becoming curious and compassionate about how you're feeling inside. And like instead of being like, why am I feeling this? Like, oh, I hate myself. Why am I feeling this? Like, why? You know, from curiosity, like, why am I feeling like this? How can I you know, how can I love myself even when I'm feeling this pain? And so literally just sitting with that every day. Mm -hmm. And the more that you do that, then that helps. Like when you're saying like what if somebody's out on a date or if they're in a weird um, situ conversation at work or whatever, then over time as you do this in that moment, instead of flying off the handle, you're because that's mindlessly reacting to emotions that you don't want to feel. So in that moment, then you're it's almost like magic, you're able to just tune into like how you feel and then express that truth of how you feel and have an authentic conversation like oh well I'm feeling this way right now like when you say that to me I feel this way or when you know this situation makes me feel this way and so it's not about you know denying how you feel or like even getting rid of the emotions but really using them as tools to like have more authentic relationships yeah, I, I love that. And can you talk a little bit more about how emotions live in your body? Because um, I know people think that's like a super like woo woo thing, but it, I know it's really not. <laughs> um, so can you talk a little bit about, you know, how maybe like trauma is felt like um, trauma or, you know, bad memories or bad emotions are just kind of stored in the body over time? Yeah, sure. Um, this is actually one of my most popular blog posts. Here's how the body stores emotions. Oh, cool. So Let's put that on the show notes. <laughs> yeah, so there's a couple layers here. There's the physical layer, and then there's the energetic layer. Okay. So I guess we'll just start with the physical. So there's a really great book um, that uh, Dr. Candace Pert wrote. It's, it's called um, The Molecules of Emotion. And so she um, did a lot of research. She's like really famous. She discovered like the opioid receptor in the brain. So this is like totally legit science. Mm -hmm. And um, although a lot of doctors are like, she's a, you know, quack or whatever, but it's totally legit. She's brilliant. So anyway, in the book, she talks about how basically our brain releases when we're feeling emotion, the brain releases peptides. And they're just some molecules or whatever. I'm not sciencey, but basically the molecules then, you know, go move through our body. And if we don't feel and express the energy of this emotion, it just literally gets lodged in our muscles or whatever. And from like a more woo woo perspective, it's said that you know specific areas of the body hold on to specific um, emotions. So like. Um, Okay, so, and then this gets more into kind of the chakra system, too. Mm -hmm. So, like, your root. So, so just for everyone listening, your chakra system, in case you don't know, is, like, the different energetic um, centers in your body. It starts at the root chakra, root chakra down at um, your pelvis or 
um, anal glands or something, and then it goes all the way up to your crown. Right. Yeah. That's a, that's a very, exactly. very, very <laughs> simplistic explanation, but keep going. Yeah. No, that's exactly it. And so even if you don't like believe in the energy centers, there's still a really useful framework for like understanding the emotion. So then the, you know, like fear a lot of times is at the, at the root, you know, so Mm -hmm. it's related to, um, uh, basically our legs and our feet. So like Mm -hmm. how well we're connected to the earth. So like our psoas muscle, which is like a really deep hip flexor, a lot of times we'll store like fear in there, fear of like related to survival. So if, or like even in the quads. So if you want to like stretch out your psoas muscles or your quads or even rub your feet, that can be a really great way to kind of like release any fear energy. And then the hips are just known as a general repository of like all repressed emotion, just general. It's like a junk drawer. And um, so there's a lot of guilt there, like especially a lot of sex guilt or sexual trauma a lot of times stored like in hips, which makes total sense. You know, like I know someone mm-hmm. who represses all of her emotions and she had to get two hip replacement surgeries before the age of like 70. She's like in her mid sixties. So it's like, and you, you can know, like if you have like really stiff hips, like ask yourself like, Hmm, what am I, you know, repressing here? Mm-hmm. And then the belly uh, relates to anger. So, you know, which also makes sense because like, you know, a lot of people who have struggle with like alcoholism, you know, that it's stereotypical, like angry drunk. So like the liver and all the, the stuff in the belly that relates to anger. And it's our sense of like personal power because anger is basically a sense of feeling powerless. Mm-hmm. And then the heart obviously is um, like sadness or love. Um, so if you want to, you know, open up your heart, um, then that is, you know, the place for that. Um, the throat is like comparison or envy. And cause we're, when we're comparing people or envious of others, we kind of lose our own authentic voice. And so then I think that kind of covers most of the emotions. There's a really great um, map online too. Maybe we can put this in the show notes too. It's from Mm -hmm. Louise Hay and it's like an emotional body map and it shows in much greater detail, like specific emotions and then like parts of the physical body. Cause my expertise is more just like the emotional body, but there's definitely some great information that I can give you about more specific in the physical body. Yeah, that would be awesome. So yeah, everyone listening, this will all, all these links we're talking about will, um, will all be in the show notes. Um, yeah, I mean, this, I mean, like, I've known this for, I'm a yoga teacher as, as well. And I just remember sometimes teaching, especially like when we're doing a deep hip opening class. Um, sometimes I just have students that I'll just start crying in the middle of class. And it's just, you know, opening up these the areas of the body, but also essentially these energy channels too, just, and then stuff just comes up and then they're just like on their mat, you know, feeling their feelings. And, um, they're always like embarrassed and like, Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm like, no, I mean, that's also kind of the point of yoga other than to stretch and get in shape and all that kind of stuff. Um, that's so beautiful. And I love that they feel safe enough there to, you know, to do that with you. So I think that that's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so kind of knowing this information about the body and it's, and we're getting, this is not exactly what I was planning to talk about, but I think it's just so fascinating and interesting. Um, but you know, knowing all these emotions get stored in the body to start to move, 
you know, is the idea then to like move those parts of your body to get the emotions moving. Um, so it would just be like stretching those parts of the body, opening them up. Like what would that look like? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I think that any movement is really good, you know, just to get Mm -hmm. your body stirring, but for sure, if you want to focus on like specific areas of the body or even, you know, I mean, I love yoga too. And I practice like all the time, but sometimes it's really nice to just explore on your own. And cause if you're, I feel like if a lot of people like aren't yogis, it's hard for them to like prep, like do a home practice without a DVD or someone guiding them through the practice. Sure. So a lot of times it's nice just to kind of move around and like explore and find different areas in your, and be your own like detective and find different areas that are tight in your body and just play around and stretch and know that as long as you're not causing yourself pain, then you're not doing anything wrong. And like using that practice, just like a home, like kind of stretching movement practice is a way to kind of like come home to your own body and sit with areas of tightness. And even if you're not sure like what that area of tightness represents, it's still really beautiful to just like, you know, breathe into it and explore it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, I have one more question about opening up and expressing our emotions um, before I want to switch gears. Um, But that is, so sometimes um, my clients will be trying to express how they feel or what they think or their emotions or whatever. And then sometimes people will kind of spit back like you're just being emotional um, and then kind of shut them down and make them feel bad. So like, how do you know if, you're expressing your emotions in like a healthy and productive way versus like being, um, I don't know, like a nice way to say this, but just being like overly like maybe dramatic is the right word. I'm not really sure. Like how, how can someone know like where they are on that spectrum when they're trying to express their needs or how they're feeling to, to someone? Does that make sense? Yeah, total sense. And, you know, I think if someone were to tell somebody else, like, you're being too emotional, shut up. I think that doesn't reflect the truth of how the person is showing up necessarily. Mm-hmm. It could very well just, it, 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 I believe that that more reflects the person who's casting the judgment that they're oh, shut sure. off from their their own emotions. And so it's really like never a question of like, am I being too dramatic, but more like, like I'm going to show up and be who I am. And I don't really care what anybody thinks of me. I mean, there is venting, which I generally think venting is a very unhealthy practice. So venting is essentially when you're just like complaining or whatever, and you're like giving somebody else your emotional energy to process for you. So I believe in authentic communication, which is saying like how you really think and how you really feel and then taking the time to like, um, you know, to process the emotions on your own, whether in meditation or yoga or journaling or however you really like to sit and process your feelings and then sharing that like with the world. Whereas like, I mean, a lot of times if somebody is like super hysterical and dramatic, it's not because they're in touch with their emotions, but because they're repressing them. Because like when you're really in touch, like when you lose your, when you lose it, that's when you're like kind of just reacting and like going off on that crazy domino effect. Like, Oh my God. But at the Mm -hmm. same time, one of my personal favorite mantras is it's, is it's all dust on the path of my own personal transformation. And if you do lose it, then it's okay. Just forgive yourself and be like, well, how can I show up better the next time? Mm. Yeah. Um, that brought up another question and that is like, 
what is, I mean, what is the difference between venting and sharing how you feel with someone? That's a great question. Um, I think that venting has a sense of like victimhood to it and Mm -hmm. it's like disempowered. It's like, look what happened to me and how horrible like this person is. Like if someone were to come home and complain about their work day or whatever, like there's a difference between like talking about like the, like, let's say somebody hates their job and they're talking to like a friend or if you're having guy problems and you're talking to a friend about it, you know, there's like a difference between like talking about like how you feel like, oh, he didn't call me back and it made me feel kind of sad versus like, oh my God, he didn't call me back. He's such an asshole. Da, 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 da. That's mm-hmm. venting. Whereas like, you know, just like, like expressing your feelings in like an empowered way and like owning how you feel and not being like, and, and the whole, like, made me feel, too, is kind of just, like, I feel, and I say it a lot, too, like, this person made me feel, but, like, really recognizing that, like, anytime we have an emotion, it's because of, like, our own internal stuff about how we're seeing the world, because, like, yeah. let's say something makes you angry, that is, like, because you're being triggered, <laughs> and that mm-hmm. speaks more about, like, what you, because you can't get mad if, like, like, let's say someone was like, oh, my God, you're a midget. <laughs> You'd be like, all right, you're crazy. But if you really were like a midget, and this is a horrible example, it's so not PC. But if you really <laughs> were a midget and you felt like upset about that, then like then you'd be really offended and angry. Whereas if you felt the anger, you'd be like, oh, my God, I'm really um, I'm, I, I feel a lot of pain about this. And I need yeah. to sit with my pain and accept myself for who I am. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I totally agree. Like, uh, I mean, whether it's anger or like any of our reactions are just based off of like, yeah, exactly what you said, like how we, how we view the world and how we see the world and what our life experience up to that point has, has been. So I just want to say that again, to emphasize that for, for everyone um, listening. Um, Well, I think this is actually a good segue. I wanted to talk a little bit about repressing emotions because I think sometimes, well, I mean, I want to, ask a few things about repressing emotions. But I think sometimes where people get kind of confused is, um, you know, things like venting or just like, you know, being hysterical or dramatic or whatever, um, or even some ways of being like vulnerability. Like I know Brene Brown calls it like dumping or something like that. Um, We think that is expressing emotions, but it's really, would you say that's just a form of repressing our emotions? I'm sorry, is what, like, vulnerable, like, what? Like, dumping, you think? Or? Oh, no, 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 sorry. Okay, let me, let me, let me back up. Let's talk about repressing <laughs> our emotions. <laughs> um, because you just mentioned, like, venting is actually a form of repressing our emotions, or, like, venting slash blaming, I would, I would say. So I just was kind of curious about other examples of repressing emotions, especially examples where it feels like we're actually expressing our emotions because I think sometimes people think that venting is actually expressing our emotions but I think you would say otherwise right yeah that's so interesting I never really thought about that as venting as repression but it kind of is because it's like attaching to it and it's more like wallowing almost like you're not you're not expressing in like a healthy way you're like repressing it and so then reacting from it instead of responding to it in like an empowered way Mm -hmm. right like it seems to me like when because 
there is, I mean, especially in like the relationship world, there can certainly be, I mean, it can definitely get negative pretty quick. Like, let's just be honest. And I think we've all had that friend where if we were in a happy, healthy relationship, you wouldn't have anything to talk about with that friend. (laughs) Right. Like, and, and so I, so I guess from what I was trying to say or trying to also kind of just kind of get your two cents on is it seems to me that when we blame or when we vent or, you know, anything along those lines, um, it's, it's not really, um, it's not really taking responsibility for how you feel. It's basically saying, well, someone else is making me feel like this. Someone else is making me feel like this, which I think is a form of repression, repressing emotions, right? Yeah. Cause it doesn't give you like the opportunity for growth at all. It's right. just like totally. Getting so why, why do we, why do we do that? Because I mean, we just talked for like almost 30 minutes about how the benefits of, <laughs> of expressing our emotions and what it can do for us and um, how it doesn't have to be like, it's not rocket science it might not be easy, but it's certainly not rocket science, it's not complicated. Um, so why do we tend to repress our emotions? Do you think? Well, I think there's a couple things. I think one thing is really fear and like we're afraid of how we feel. I think the biggest thing is just the social messaging around that, like even negative emotions. Like I don't really believe that negative emotions exist. Yeah, I agree too. All, yeah, all emotions have important messages for us. And it's not that they're wrong or bad or that we're bad for feeling them. And just like the relentless messages of like, you know, obviously everyone wants to live a happy life, but you don't become happy by like repressing or denying how you feel. You become happy by loving yourself unconditionally and holding space for whatever comes up. So Mm -hmm. I think just, yeah, a lot of the social messaging around that and people just not knowing what the emotions mean or not even knowing that they have a message, just that like they people just feel like having like sadness or whatever makes them wrong or bad or even, and this might be a little radical for some people in the community, but even the whole, like I'm sure there's a lot of really great therapists out there, but our whole psychological community is like prescribe, prescribe, prescribe. Oh my God, you're sad. You're a threat to yourself Mm -hmm. in society. Prescribe, prescribe, prescribe. And that is so toxic that's so toxic and I I speak Mm. from personal experience because I've been in I was in therapy for like a lot of my life and no one ever told me like oh you just need to feel this and love yourself you know so it's just like our whole society is just like it's wrong so there's just no space to feel yeah yeah I, I oh my gosh I totally agree and one thing I always tell my clients is that um you know until you're god and until you're God, you have to experience the full range of human emotions. Like, that's just, (laughs) you know, that's just the cards that you're dealt as being a human. So some days you're going to feel that happy and happiness and joy and calmness and peace and tranquility, all those things you want to feel. And then some days, you're going to feel anger or sadness or resentment or anxiety. And if you try to repress one emotion, you end up repressing all of the emotions, you don't get to pick or choose. Exactly. I think that's such an important point because, you know, I feel like true freedom is just being full of yourself. And if you're happy because it, like you're not feeling everything, there's always just a sense of inner heaviness. Like I've never felt true peace until I allowed myself to truly feel my, the depths of my sadness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. And I always say, you know, one of the first things I do with my clients is, you know, ask them like, how do you want to feel in your ideal relationship? And they always say happy. 
And I'm like, anything but that. (laughs) And I say that because I really think that happiness is kind of a state of being rather than an emotion. I mean, I know it's an emotion technically, but I like to think like, what makes you happy, right? Like, because people just say, I want to be happy. But it's like, well, what makes you happy? And I think really happiness can be, you know, feeling the way you want to feel in your life or in your relationship. And that like brings about happiness. Um, Rather than like it being like all roses and unicorns and rainbows and all that kind of stuff. Because that doesn't really exist. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. And we were talking about this a little bit before the call, but even like you're about dating or, you know, finding true love and I'm about like life purpose. But, you know, people are always thinking of like, when I get that, then I'll feel that way. But it's all Mm -hmm. about like becoming that person now, like allow yourself to feel the feelings now and like, then you'll welcome in everything that you want into your life. Like, it's not like getting anything doesn't change who you are. And it doesn't change how you feel it just makes you more you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and and then I, I often also say that, like, by saying, okay, when I find my purpose, or when I get my dream job, or have this amount of money, or the love or whatever it is, and then I'll feel this way, it's like almost getting yourself into this really toxic pattern because the thing that is um, because, Oh my gosh, I totally lost. I didn't lose my train of thought. I'm just trying to gather my thoughts here, (laughs) but basically like the thing that is keeping you from a relationship is by not allowing yourself to feel how you want to feel once you're in the relationship. Does that make sense? And so you're just, you're like keeping your own self stuck. Does that make sense? Did I say that right? <laughs> yeah, wait, can you say that again? That was really interesting. So, I'm not sure I fully caught it. Okay, so like, you know, let's say when I get into a relationship, then I'll be happy and I'll feel how I want to feel. But by not allowing yourself to feel happy because you're not in a relationship, that is what's actually keeping you out of the relationship in the first place. Because mm-hmm. if you're not feeling happy, like you're not putting, you're not really connected with yourself, you're not being yourself with other people. So it's really hard for other people to connect with you. So therefore, it's really hard to get into a relationship. So by not, by, and it's the same thing, I think, with like purpose or job or the money that you want, like, if you're not allowing yourself to feel how you want to feel, once you get these external things, then like, that's keep that's the thing that's keeping you from the from that ultimate goal. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's so good. Because it's like, you know, like, when you're being truly you, you can't help but be happy. You don't need anything outside of you to be truly you. And unless you're being truly you, you won't get the you won't find the love or find the job or find anything that's meant for you because you're not being the true you. So then anything you get is like not in soul alignment. And so like, then it doesn't even feel good. And then you're even more lost because you're like, (laughs) I have this thing that I thought that I wanted, and it doesn't fit. What am I supposed to do now? Yeah. 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 I mean, I think that even happened with me a little bit in, in my, in my marriage, I thought that, okay, when I get into a long-term healthy, happy relationship, then like my big questions about like what I'm doing in my life or where's my life going, like all of that will be taken care of because I'll be married. And like, that's the answer. Right. And then I got into a relationship and I I had a lot of anxiety at the beginning of a relationship. And I think a big part of that is because this feeling of like, what am I doing with my life? Like wasn't magically resolved by being in a relationship. Like that was something I had to fill for myself and that nobody, you know, no partner, no relationship, no marriage or anything could ever fill that for me. Um, And that was a big lesson that I had to learn over a period of a couple of years for sure. Um, Yeah. It's not like happily ever after like life goes on. (laughs) No, no, no. 
All right. Awesome. I think it's a good place to wrap up on. So I'm so, so grateful for you to come onto the show today and share some of your wisdom around feeling the feelings. I know it's like so cliche to say like, feel your feelings, but gosh, it's so important. Um, but a couple more questions before I let you go. So the first question is, where can my listeners connect with you and find you online if they want to reach out to you? Yeah, so my website is SuzanneHine.com, and um, I have on there a guided meditation, the feeling awareness meditation, so it's what I talked about earlier in the call, and it just takes you through the process of feeling and healing your emotions and really connecting to your heart, um, and then all the social media is on Suzanne Hine, so if everyone wants to find there, that'd be cool. Awesome. And all those links are in the show notes for everyone listening. And then the final question I have for you, and I ask this to all my guests, and that is what is your favorite way to treat yourself? I've been really into baths lately. And I know that sounds so cliche. But there's just something about like, not even just the bath, but like taking the time to like, really just relax and like to let go of all the stuff that I'm like working on that I get like obsessed over you know so it's like the bath and what the bath represents I just feel like it's just it's just a really beautiful way to like relax and unwind and come home to myself I love that so um I like I hate baths (laughs) I try I've tried (laughs) to get into them for so long and like it just seems so dreamy like candles and like essential oils and like whatever bath bombs and all this stuff I like I can't get into it so I'm really glad that you like it so it's not cliche <laughs> it's not cliche because not everyone likes it <laughs> know. that's hilarious what is I know thing? what do you like to do oh my gosh I think like my ultimate treat yourself thing is probably getting a manicure it's just one of my favorite things to do I just love it um yeah, I don't know why. I just, I love, like, and then, like, after I get the manicure, then I'm, like, looking at my nails, and I'm, like, my nails look awesome. And, like, I go to the one that, like, they give you a massage on your shoulders and everything, so it feels good. Um, but right now, since my arm is broken and it's really hard for me to do anything with my hair, including even just pinning up in a ponytail, because asking my husband to do that doesn't work out so well, um, I I think my biggest right now treat yourself thing is like going to get my hair blown out so I can have decent looking hair with a cast on. Yeah. <laughs> Girls got to feel glam for sure. Oh my gosh. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. It was awesome. Thanks for listening to the love life connection podcast. Find the show notes to this episode and all episodes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. You can also grab bonus downloads and more resources to help you find love at veronicagrant.com. That's also the place you can learn more about my private love and relationship coaching and group coaching programs. And if you love this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you took a moment to leave a rating or review in iTunes. It helps me to build this amazing community and help more amazing women like yourself find real love. And until next time, remember, Remember this, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You aren't broken. You don't need to be fixed. And even if you've never had the relationship you want before, it doesn't mean you can't have it now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.